everyone, you're now listening to The Midnight Watch, where our motto is, standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Pock. And I'm Nicholas Allen. And tonight's film is, Now You See Me Too. You thought that they had disappeared forever, but this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, the four horsemen. And the girl horsemen. Are you listening, horsemen? You will get what's coming to you. Thank you, everybody! In ways you can't expect. Hey, it's great to be back. Now the greatest magicians in the world are my magic trick. Everyone get off the stage. We jumped off a rooftop in New York. Where the hell are we? Come out We landed in China. How, how is this possible? This is simply my move. Next one is yours. Now you see me, the second act is, I guess, some outlets are calling the movie instead of two. Okay. Uh, continues the story of the four horsemen as they're brought forth once again by the eye for something that's much bigger than them. It will test them as a team and it will bring about new revelations that the movie only hinted at in the first. Phil, what did you think of Now You See Me Too? Uh, it's just kind of there. Like, I feel like you're probably, like, more passionately disliking this movie. Than well, because you. I just mentioned that in our contract yeah. review, but... It's, for me, it's just a flat. It's kind of like the tricks in this movie. All style, no substance. Like... Yeah, none of the tricks are kind of no, like... Yeah, they, it's like... Okay. The, and they basically showed you a lot of them in the trailer. It's like, like the best oh, like, in the trailer. I thought this was just a tease. This oh, this is like the best y'all got for number two. Cause yeah, I haven't seen the first one in a while, but I remember like uh, the, the awesome the, fight scene yeah, with Dave Frank. We had some awesome fight scenes. It had some cool magic, and, and the twist the, was a bit of a stretch. But everything else, it was a fun like heist. Yeah, and oceans and, like Robin Hood type movie. Yeah, and the main thing to mention about the first movie and the tricks was the fact that when it came time to debunk the tricks, the debunks made sense. Yeah. Whereas this movie is just like. Okay, if this was a fantasy film, I could accept this shit. But the shit you've done in this movie, uh-uh. Man. Like, there was a point in this movie where the characters are trying to steal this computer chip. And they're placing it on, like, this card. And they succeed in doing that, but one of the guys thinks he's seen them do it. So then all four of them start getting frisked. Mm-hmm. And they're playing around with the fucking card in plain sight, and somehow the guards aren't seeing it. I was like... You know, if we didn't have to review this movie, this is the point where I would walk the fuck out. <laughs> I cannot stand this shit right here. You are insulting my intelligence yeah. to say that nobody is seeing Dave Franco with this fucking card in his mouth, on his hand, in his sleeve. You didn't see that shit slide down there? I did. No. No movie. Then, at first, going into the movie, I was kind of like, it sucks that Isla Fisher's not in the movie. It but does. after seeing it, I'm like, nah, it's good. It's good that she wasn't in the movie because she wasn't stained by this. Maybe she yeah. read the script and was like, no. Because then they take something from the first movie. Basically, the whole thing is supposed to reveal new revelations about Dylan, I think his last name is Rhodes, yep. mm-hmm. character played Mark by Mark Ruffalo. And his dad's death, which is what he was punishing Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. and Michael Caine for in the first movie. More revelations are brought forth about his death. And 
all of it in the end renders the first movie almost completely pointless and just ruins the movie entirely. Like some of it already in the first movie, you're on flimsy ground because we Mm -hmm. talked about, well, we didn't talk about the twist in the review. I don't think, I think we saved it for like after the fact because we didn't want to spoil anything. Mm -hmm. But by now you've probably seen the first movie. So you know that, Oh, big reveal. Dylan Rhodes was in on it the whole time, and he's part of the eye, and he was getting back at Morgan Freeman, who was this huge magic debunker that drove Dylan's dad to try and pull off this trick in which he escapes from an unbreakable safe while it's submerged underwater, and of course he failed. And so it's Morgan Freeman's fault. It's Michael Caine's fault because his company manufactured the steel. And I'm kind of like, no, because the safe is not meant for somebody to get in it and break out of it. They call it an unbreakable safe for a reason. The metal warping in the water. Oh, well, it's not meant to be submerged in water. Oh, yeah, but that's their fault. And it really makes Mike Ruffalo seem petty. It's yeah, like, it is. This isn't Morgan Freeman's fault. Right. And then without spoiling, they have a twist at the end where I'm like, you really are petty, Mike Ruffalo. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like, like the character said in this movie, why didn't you just explain this from the beginning? It's just kind of like, well, because this is basically all we have. This is a flimsy, basically, studio-mandated sequel. And it's a textbook definition of... We made the sequel because the first one made money, which yeah. is why, which is exactly what happened. The first movie was a surprise success, and so right after the success of the first movie, that's when they greenlit not one but two sequels because the third one is already in production. Really, dude? Yes. Good luck with that. Because I talked about, I, I could have sworn I talked about this with I you think already. You did. That. My enthusiasm for this movie was already kind of rock bottom because number one, it was unnecessary, yeah. and number two, oh, I'll be honest, we weren't reviewing this. I would decide shit. Yeah, and number two, <laughs> at all, the third one was already been worked on. I would have rented it at like Family Dog Video, right? For like a dollar six months from now, just yeah. to watch something. And it's like, yeah. The movie just proved my point exactly. This is what happens when you take something that was good and milk it just for all the money it was worth. You get this shit. Because you don't even get that much character development because you think, okay, well, you got Lizzie Kaplan, a new person. Who was annoying as fuck to me. Like people, I, I can see that. To me... She was hit and miss for me. Maybe that's because I really like Lizzie Kaplan. I do but. too. But that didn't excuse this movie. To me, she's... I think the problem was I don't think they wrote her character any lines. It seemed like she was just alibi. She was <laughs> exactly what people complained that Kat Dennings was in the Thor movies. Yeah, she was that character times ten, and, and she knows magic, so it's more annoying. They clearly wrote Kat Dennings lines like I. It really feels like Lizzie. You know, like at least half the scenes, Lizzie Kaplan had no lines. Wasn't supposed to say anything, but Doctor's like, crap. We basically just got a static shot of you guys in an elevator. Uh, somebody improvised and says Lizzie Kaplan is the comedic actor of the bunch. Well, the most experienced one. Yeah, just crack a joke. Because yeah. <laughs> maybe something that could have happened is they were planning on Isla Fisher coming back, and when she didn't, they didn't have time because, like I said, mm-hmm. they're already supposedly working on the third movie as we speak. And so, 
maybe they were so fast trying to get this damn production done mm -hmm. that they're like, well, we only half rewrote the script. We just wrote out Henley's character, which they explain away in the typical sequel bullshit yeah. way. Oh, she was just tired and decided to leave the group. She was tired of being in high and it was like, well, you can't just do that, though, yeah. right? Especially not with this. She's a fugitive from the law. Uh -huh. She can't just, oh, I quit. I'm going on to live a normal life. It's like, no, you're going to be arrested. Which, don't get me wrong, I don't blame her because Jesse Eisenberg is... <laughs> I don't know if he shot this right after Batman he did. Red, but That's why he oh, short you can hair. tell because he looks tired. He looks like <laughs> he really does doesn't want to be there. Like he's tired, worn out. He's like, oh, I need a vacation. His character is basically like a curmudgeon. Like yeah. basically one of the few things that kept me going was that Franco and. Uh, it wasn't Woody Harrelson for me. Because then <laughs> well, they some they're all dynamic because they set up something with Dave Franco's kid that, where you're like, okay. That pays <laughs> off. I use the air quotes so you can't see me, people, but pays off at the end of the movie. And I'm like, fuck this movie. I don't care about that shit. Get out of here with that. And they do this stupid thing with Woody Harrelson where... Suddenly yeah, he has a brother, and on top of having a brother, it's a twin brother played by Woody Harrelson. In a like, bad wig, basically yes. having it up. And basically, I think like you, they probably had somebody else in line for that role, but then they fell through because they rushed this out. So they're like, Woody was like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a comedic actor. I was on Cheers. Why don't we make it like my brother and I can improvise and wear a funny wig and it's just like it is it awful. is cringe <laughs> it is awful like that probably could have worked my idea would have been cast John Malkovich and that would have worked yeah but no yeah make him like his older brother that, yeah. that would have worked a lot better that would have worked fantastically but as it is with Woody Harrelson playing both roles it was absolutely cringeworthy <laughs> every single time. And uh, poor Dave Radcliffe, like he's trying. Fuck. <laughs> he's really trying. But he's in the But his character movie. is written so weirdly. Like, it's like the the director and the writer knew. Okay, Dave Radcliffe. As soon as people see him, they're gonna want to root for him. Like, yep. they're not gonna see him as a bad guy. It's Dave Radcliffe. He's, but guess what? He's too charming. He's the bad guy. And yeah, and it's just like. And they try again to tie it to the first one we were way down like No. I, I see how you guys tried to explain it because you knew it would sound like BS. But it's still BS. But yeah, it, it's still a stretch and it's just like like they set up his character where he's supposed to be kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg type but it you get so little screen time of him and his whole evil machinations just seem to come out of nowhere so much that it's just kind of like... Plus, it's Daniel Radcliffe, who's a really likable actor. I'm sorry. It's just... It's yeah. just... I'm sure that's why he signed on. Like, oh, I get to play a bad guy. And then, too... And they even try to have a joke where his character tries to do some magic when he's introduced and is bad at it. I guess to be like, ha, ah, Harry Potter is bad at magic. And I was like, really? <laughs> Uh, and this is supposed to be our menacing villain? Oh, guess what, though? It doesn't end there. Sonia <laughs> Lathan's in this movie. Yeah. like, oh, my baby, she's here. And then it's like, Basically, what? nothing. Like, this is Mark Ruffalo's boss. So you, and you could tell, because she has this whole backstory 
that's tied to Mark Ruffalo. So you think, okay, when everything kind of comes out, there's going to be some kind of conflict. Nope. And they're going to develop something between those two, like Mark Ruffalo and the French cop in the first movie. But no. They were they do it the exact nothing. same way. She's just... And... She's basically like Forrest Whitaker in Taken 3. She's just there to chase the main characters around at the end. Well, and here's the other thing, too, that I found immensely stupid, and it was right out the gate. The fact that Dylan still works for the FBI and has been leading them on wild goose chases about the four horsemen, I'm like, look here, I know I don't work for the FBI, but if I did work for the FBI... It'd be hard for me to believe that thing. nobody's been on to There's a guy on to him who seems to have critical proof that Dylan isn't who he says it is, but everybody's just like, oh, you're just a jerk. Which he is. He's that stereotypical asshole in every cop movie, but it's like, this is bad. I sympathize with him the most. Right. And it's like... <laughs> and it, there really doesn't seem to be any purpose. And see, this is the problem. Dylan's still working. That exactly, and that's the problem with that plot twist from the first movie to begin with. It's like, all right, you could have saved yourself if you had Dylan quit the FBI after yeah. the first movie, but by having him continue work there, it's like, so the FBI is like the biggest group of dummies ever, right? Because <laughs> they clearly don't do background checks on their people before they hire them, and then after not doing background checks, when their person has them going on wild goose chases, chasing four wanted fugitives for a year, and always being just one step behind them. Oh, we can't put two and two together still. We still think, oh yeah, Dylan's got good intel. No. And then going back to Lizzie Kaplan, you think, okay, there's going to be a big moment where she does her trick and it pays off while she's there. Nope! Just do she everything. literally has the lamest trick out of everybody. Oh, <laughs> I pigeons. Can pull, yeah, pigeons out of anywhere. Ooh. <laughs> so useful. <laughs> and then even the rain trick that you see in and the And it's a trailer. shame, because, I mean, I think she still has a TV show. I think Masters of Sex is still in there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so she's getting, this was clearly just a check for her. Yeah. Even though, nope. You can't just throw it away, Lizzie Kaplan. You're in it for the long haul because they saddled you up to be the love interest for Dave Franco's character out of nowhere. Really? I mean, they kind of tease her, kind of, where she kind of says, basically, when she's introduced, she kind of has the hots for him. But on Dave Franco's side, like, I didn't get any chemistry. They don't have a scene. They kiss. They kiss. Did you miss the kiss? Oh, they did? <laughs> oh, yeah, you missed it. What did Because I, I did see Dave Franco kiss somebody, but that was in a trailer for a movie that's coming out later, and that was Emma <laughs> Roberts, but I don't remember Dave Franco getting kissed in this movie. Yeah, Are you sure? Dude, I'm sure. Because I rolled my happen? eyes uh, at the close to the very end. Oh, maybe like, I missed it because I got up, like, a little before the credits started rolling because I had to go to the bathroom. Oh, are you sure you weren't walking out? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I was just numb to this movie. I was just like... Because it's the type of movie I'm surprised we got this long a review out of it because it's not that much meat. It's not that much going on. Oh, there'd be much meat if we spoiled like the entire movie. <laughs> well, yeah. Which I'm tempted to do, but we're not going to do and, that. Yeah, also is that ending... 
I was like, okay, I'm semi okay. You might slide with maybe like a rental movie, but that end twist, I'm just like, no, nah. no, nah. no, <laughs> this makes no sense. And it completely rewrites the character in a way that's like, that makes no sense. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, it happened like after the major, well, there's two major twists. Yeah, and it just seems like it's there because of a movie the this actor that the twist happens with was in a similar movie with a similar twist. So they're like, oh, this would be interesting. It's like, it's, it's, it's really not. not. <laughs> the kiss, by the way, happened after the first twist, but before the final twist. Okay. But, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I got no chemistry between us. Me neither. <laughs> I got more Dave Franco giving a, hey, I, I want to bang you in the back room look. While Lizzie Cabell was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make you chase it look. And that's it. That's all I got from that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, even though they were just friends, Dave Franco had more romantic chemistry with Zac Efron in the first neighborhood. <laughs> he did. <laughs> or, uh... <laughs> Jonah Hill and uh, 21 Jump Street. Uh, true. <laughs> Again, I, don't get wrong. I'm not trying to apply anything. Just so I can clear. I'm not saying well, Dave no, no. Franco's gay. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, the way the movies I've seen him in have been written, he's had more chemistry with his male co-star than with maybe any female. I, I think I would blame that too <laughs> on maybe like he knows these people, like yeah, their friends. Probably because he, he probably knows Jonah Hill from his brother. Right. But like I said, when it comes to Lizzie Kaplan, I'm pretty sure this movie was originally written Heck, for yeah, this Fisher movie. Return. You could say him and Woody Harrison have more chemistry. But they had worked on the previous movie together. <laughs> right. so, so obviously, I blame it on the fact that Isla Fisher was supposed to be here. She said no, or whatever her excuse was. I think it was because she had just had the baby. Yeah, but still, even so. then. You didn't miss much. You did the exact yeah. same thing that Rachel Weisz did when Rachel well, Weisz and I didn't do Mummy Three. Found out on her major trick in the first movie, she literally almost died. The water tank. Yeah. Why would they ever do that shit for real anyway? I mean, I guess, but you couldn't use CGI. I mean, because I doubt you did what happens to Mark Ruffalo in this movie for real. Yeah, I. I don't know. Which that was some other bullshit, too. Wow, and it was also one of those things where they didn't set up a safe, like, safe word or a signal beforehand, so it literally got to the point where she had to press, like, they had apparently had an emergency button or whatever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah. Well, I don't blame her, then. So that that's probably also probably has something to do with it too. Like I almost died, and for what? It's not like this is gonna propel my career. To Hell no. Higher status. So. But you know what you should do, Isla Fisher? Try and get in that Marvel pocket. That's yeah. How you get up there. I don't know what role you can play because you're a redhead, but. Well, if not, if Elizabeth Olsen hadn't already took it, she could have been a good I mean, Skyler they could throw Ranch. a blonde wig on her because it wouldn't be yeah, the first time. Because you know she was in another movie as a blonde that we all saw as kids but didn't know she, that was her. Oh, really? Yeah, the first Scooby-Doo movie. Ah. She was the chick that uh, Shaggy was falling for. But yeah, honestly, she'd be good as a villain or a hero in a Marvel movie. Like I said, I don't know who she could be at this point, but... Well, aren't there quite a few redheads in the Marvel? Well, yeah, there are. <laughs> so, you know, 
Have your agent give him a call. Yeah. And for the love of God, don't bring Sacha Baron Cohen. Leave him <laughs> at home. I know that's your. Have movie. they done a movie together besides? No. no. Yeah. So not really. So yeah, keep it that way though. <laughs> don't don't let him come along. Well, his career is kind of in the tank anyway. Made even worse by Alice through the Looking Glass. Yeah. So. And the Brothers Grimly, which I didn't see and don't care to see. That's that movie oh, yeah, with him yeah, at all. Uh, yeah, Mark Strong. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of intrigued to see that till I listened to some reviews. I was like, mm. and it didn't even look. It didn't even look funny from the trailer that I saw. I was like, yeah, whatever. Another Sacha Baron Cohen movie. I'm not really like I was a fan of some of your work as Ali G. Some of the Borat stuff was funny, mm. but after that, that was it for me. Well, yeah, ratings for now. You see me too. Uh, yeah, this is just a skip it. it <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not angry. Like, it, it's just nothing there. It's just a, it, and this movie is two hours plus. It maybe could have pot slid with a rental if it was like 30 minutes shorter. But as it stood, we saw three two-hour movies this weekend, and this was the one that dragged the most to me. It just, it's nothing there. Yeah, because like I said during it's our Conjuring 2 review, Conjuring 2 might have dragged, but. Nowhere near the amount that this movie yeah, did. It's just nothing there. There's nothing interesting. The characters are given nothing to do, which is a shame because on paper, this is a stellar clad. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Like, honestly, I would compare this to the Ocean's movie where the first one was good, the second one was crap. We'll see about the third one. Third nah, Ocean's was actually pretty good. I ain't going to see about the third but, one. <laughs> well, probably not. I'm but. ready to call it a night on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I'm just saying, if it gets rave reviews somehow, some way, which is doubtful, they got a 36 itself, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like a 36 on Rotten Tomatoes. Then maybe. Nah, I don't see it happening. Because I I well, we don't just... live in a day and age where you can afford to fuck up on the sequel and be like, oh, we'll get you on the next one. It's like, no, nah, I don't work that way no more. Because uh, even sequels to movies that did well the first time, like Neighbors, for instance don't bring in as much money as they did the first time, regardless of if the movie was good or not. Because I heard the second Neighbors wasn't actually that bad. I plan on seeing mm -hmm. it. I just haven't got around to it yet. But I'll yeah, probably see that tomorrow. Too, so. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you don't have that luxury anymore, as far as I'm concerned. The story was clearly stretched then. We've got a lot of crappy sequels. And so, ooh, I'm really torn. Because on one hand, I think it's a skip it, but... The bag is in my hand on the other <laughs> one, so I'm really thinking. Well, let's put it this way. Would this be on your worst of list? That's, that's bag over the head. Be bag over the head is going to the gallows. <laughs> because, actually, I was thinking that in the car today. I was like, yeah, if I had to make my list right now, it would definitely be on the list. Now, we know the year's not over with right. that. So, it might be pushed stuff, out, because we still got October coming around. In yeah. October, you always get those shitty horror films, so yeah. I'm waiting. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking this film to the gallows. <laughs> and it is one I of the worst films I've seen this year. Because it had no excuse to be a movie. And so, since you actually had the balls to make a sequel that didn't need to be made... You could have at least had the DC to make a good movie, and you didn't. 
This was a complete bastardization of the first movie. I didn't care about any of the characters. Some of them had chemistry, but I felt like a lot of them were kind of like sleepwalking through it, like Jesse Eisenberg, like Woody Harrelson, even though he was trying to ham it up with that twin bullshit that mm-hmm. I didn't like. Lizzie Chaplin is trying to, you know, bring that comedic vibe, but yeah. I wasn't feeling it. I found her very annoying. What they did with Daniel Radcliffe was a waste. Yep. Uh, and then all the twists were absolutely terrible and made no fucking sense. Yeah. And even the tricks weren't that dazzling. You know, you get it back on track. Because I didn't see it, but Victor Frankenstein obviously didn't do so hot. Shit, I I forgot about that movie. the best part about that movie. I I forgot about the movie. That movie came out... (laughs) Hell, it ain't even DVD yet, is it? Uh, It might be. It should be, because it came out in November. Yeah, I think it is. If it's not... (laughs) I think it is on DVD and Blu-ray. I haven't seen it, though. I haven't seen it. I've been walking around. I yeah, seen I, I remember seeing it at the video store. It's oh. out, so... Okay. But, yeah, it, it, it hasn't really been uh, so hot. And I don't think it's because he's a bad actor. No, it's just the projects. Yeah. The most maybe, notable yeah, thing he's done. He needs to take a cue from Emma Watson and be more picky about what you actually sign yeah. up for. <laughs> I mean... I thought the woman in black was good, and that yeah, it did was. well enough to get a sequel. So, yeah, that was like his last notable movie because he did Horns, but I never yeah, watched it. I didn't. Either. That wasn't interested, but and I know he's done a bunch of Broadway stuff. Yeah, maybe that's where his heart is, Broadway. Maybe I still hear. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I know he think he's in real life. Just recently had a kid, so he's a father. Really, I think because. According to Chris, which I gotta ask Chris about this. Okay. According to Chris, Daniel Radcliffe is dating a chick here that goes to the University of Michigan. For really? It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if he just had a kid, I'm kind of like, is that her kid or whose kid is that? Maybe Chris got his information. We can no, look it up. No, because Chris okay. brought this up like twice. <laughs> okay. Because it was a big deal. Okay. Of course it's going to be a big fucking right. deal. <laughs> Dane Radcliffe and Flint? What? Right. I need to drive up there. Hold on. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe he's not with the child's mother. I don't know. Mm. We can look it up. But I could have swore it wasn't just he's played dads in movies. Recently. I could have swore I saw him in an interview talking about just recently got a kid. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. We can look it up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> clues our review. Once again, we are. Let me know watch. What am I doing? Stay on watch. Who are you against bad movies? You can find a show by searching iTunes for the Midnight Watch. Just look for the Galaxy picture. Yeah. Or go to our main site on Podbean. That's the Midnight Watch. All one word. Dot And thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.